Yeah, I took a podcast. It's- this is a this is a spite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Well, you know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't love the anniversary Q&As that I keep forcing you to do. Yeah. I'm only listening to our shandies, and I pulled them over on Instagram. I said, would you rather a Hot Topic episode, a.k.a. where we interview an expert or an author, and you guys, our shandies, said, no, we would rather an anniversary Q&A at the two-year mark. Give the people what they want. And I I know I'm not, I didn't dress up for this, this, the occasion. this occasion, but it's not a, a, a big milestone. Two years. Yeah, two years is not. It's like one year, five year, 10 year, 25 year. Can you imagine we're doing this 25 years? Is that possible? <laughs> I, don't not, I don't know. But There'll be something else by then. I, I promise I'll dress up at the five year. And um, But you you actually wore I something up special. Kind of. yeah. I mean, it's somewhat special. I wore this jumpsuit on The Bachelor in Seoul at the, in rose, Seoul, ceremony. the rose Ceremony. And it's been sitting in my closet. And I was like... I'm going to wear that for that special occasion. Very nice. Uh, Before we get started, I wanted to mention that if there were repeats, like questions that were asked in anniversary Q&A year one, like a year ago, and then obviously we're not including those. For example, what does Andy do for a living, which came up a lot again. What really (laughs) need to know. (laughs) So yeah, if you did ask that question, you can head over there. I'll, I'll link it here and in the description. And all the questions we gathered were on Instagram. Mm -hmm. We polled our listeners and you guys delivered. And they're in no particular order. I'm at the mercy of the Shandies. You are. And I accept that. Yes. And as a matter of fact, at the two-year mark, I'm proud to be at the mercy of the Shandies because it's a fine community. It is. They're the best part, aren't they? (laughs) We love you guys. It's true. Andy loves you so much that he's going to muscle his way through answering questions about himself. I don't think they fully understand what a testament yeah. that is to my love for the Shandy community. It's a real. I don't think they understand. <laughs> it's a real compliment to you guys, honestly, because Andy does not like doing this. You this hate talking torture. about yourself. Yeah, I'm a red. I feel sick. I don't want. <laughs> I, I don't want to be here at all. All right, let's start nice and light, Andy. Who is on each of your celebrity hall pass lists? Ooh. Ooh. I feel like um, ours are both like not that passionate, but also pretty consistent. Does that make sense? Like we're loyal. I, I think you think that my hall pass is different. I, I have a new hall pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think you think it's Margot Robbie, right? I mean, Margot Robbie belongs on everyone's hall pass. Yeah, that's like... It's, I. I, I shouldn't have to even request a hall pass for Margot Robbie. Yes, I mean, it just, goes without saying. You know given. what it is? It's like the middle thing in bingo. It's the free square. Yeah, yeah exactly. You get space. Margot Robbie. Yeah, Everything yeah. else, you need permission. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Amanda Seyfried. Oh. Yeah. She followed me on Twitter at one point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that's my claim to fame. I'm a big Amanda Seyfried fan. Yeah. And when I saw she followed me on Twitter, this was shortly after The Bachelor. I'm sure she doesn't still follow me on Twitter, but I was really excited. I love that I just made your hall pass about me. I know. Well, <laughs> I will say that when you told me that she was following you, I t- kind of played it cool. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nice. But now that I have a hall pass. Yeah. Wait, is this official? I mean, I would respect that. If you had a chance of making that happen, I would not stand in your way. Okay. I am officially on is that only, train. Is there only one? It's a hall pass list. Oh, you know, I still I still have a Zoe Deschanel thing. Interesting. Yeah. 
Zoe Deschanel is like the quintessential girl next door. I used to have a huge uh, Mila Kunis hall pass. Okay. I don't know why I keep calling this a hall pass. This is just <laughs> famous people I want to bone, right? Isn't that what this is? <laughs> but that I now have permission to. Mm. Okay, so you like really beautiful Hollywood starlets. Oh. <laughs> you basic Sorry, bitch. <laughs> So now let me talk about my hall pass list, which is much more sophisticated. Nuanced, nuanced. I mean, Seth MacFarlane, I think, is hysterically funny. Like, I think he's brilliant, although he's not consistent in his output. And so it's he's kind of gone down my list. Right now, top of my list, other than Margot Robbie, which is the free pass, is Bo Burnham. Oh, 100%. I would be honored. Honored. <laughs> Bo Burnham, like, what is going on in that man's mind? Like, I want to have conversations with him and talk about feelings. He is a great artist. He is. I think he's bordering on genius. And he's got the musicality on top of it. I would say in my 20s, it was John Mayer. Yeah. Good talent. There you go. Yeah. And you actually know him personally. <laughs> and then I actually met him and that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, and- we to, should, we, should we discuss that? <laughs> And let me think, was there anyone else? In the past, I've had like Topher Grace and who's that other guy? Who's the guy, the actor guy? I'm having, I'm sort of confused now. Is a hall pass just who we have crushed on or a hall pass <laughs> is who we're allowed to have sex with? I'm not sure what's okay, going I'll on leave it. Okay, for me, let's leave it at one. Yours yeah, is I, Amanda Zeefried, mine's Bo Burnham. We'll yeah, drop you're it. You're just listing a bunch of guys you want to have sex with. Like, that's not the point. You forced me into that. I said Amanda Zeefried, but so I'm like, if I had one person that I should have permission, yes, you're right. that's the one. You know, I was thrown off by this Shandy's use of the word list. Yeah, okay. it's not that you didn't understand. I got like, there's also away. a girl I saw walking on the street yesterday. Can I have a whole pass for her? I don't know what her name is or where she lives, but I, you know, if okay, I okay, see okay. her again. Okay, 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 okay. So Amanda Zeefried, Bo Burnham got to the All bottom right. of that one. Done. Next. Do you have an all-time favorite podcast episode and why? I, I think I can answer this. Ooh. Now, th- th- there's a little caveat here because there are some recaps and a couple of Q&As, which I found to be yes. very good episodes. I agree completely. But as far as me, like really in the episode, feeling like this, I, I know really what you're going to say. Okay, we're going to say is. one, two, three. Mm, and because I know it's a person, we're going to say the person's name. Yeah. And so it's going to be one, two, three, person's name. One, two, three, Susan, Susan Kane. Yes. I knew it. I mean, that wasn't, <laughs> I, it's not one of those, oh, I knew that was happening. Yeah. I mean, that was all time. For me, runners up actually are our first How I Met You. Oh, How We Met? How We Met, yeah. Really? Number one, episode number one. Oh. Yeah, poor lighting, bad camera angles. Yeah. Um, But I like that. We it didn't know good, what we were doing. It was, that was the most detailed I ever told that story. And usually I'm rushing. If you're like, oh, how do you meet? I'm like, well, first I did this, then I did this, yeah, then yeah, I, yeah. I paraphrased the whole thing and it screws it up. Yeah. I was able to really take my time luxuriously, <laughs> yes. I might add. Yeah. And tell, that was fun. Um, and uh, can you remain friends with an ex? Oh, Margie. She was so great. Yeah, that was a good one. And that was very sweet of her because honestly, as I said in the anniversary Q&A one, a lot of starting up a podcast is really just asking for favors of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our podcast didn't really exist. I mean, I don't want to say it didn't exist. We had listeners and there was something there, but it was only episode five. You know, there wasn't a lot happening. It was really sweet of her to come yeah, on. It was. And that was a, that was not something most ex-girlfriends oh, would do. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Or ex-fiances. Yeah. Well, she is in a league of her own. She is. But I would agree with you. Susan Kane for me, to me, that got to the heart of what I wanted to create. Yeah. 
Like I got to meet an idol of mine who I really respect for her mind and her writing. And we talked about things that you just don't really get to talk about very much. I think we were allowed to really be just ourselves in yes. that episode. And then afterwards, she emailed us to say that it was her all time favorite podcast. And I melted. Yeah. Yeah. I cried both after, like, when we were wrapping up with her and when we received that email. Mm. So anyway, Susan Cain, if you haven't listened to it, you should. And read the book. <laughs> and read the book. Yes, bittersweet. Okay, so next question. Would you ever do a live show? <laughs> yes, but I don't believe that we have really fleshed that out. Yeah, we've talked about it in passing just here and there. <laughs> I don't know how that would play out because we're both such non, like as we've talked about in our wedding episodes, we're not really hammy. We're not hammy, yeah. We don't really love being the center of attention. Even when I did have a blog party, I was like, well, it's a viewing party. We're all going to watch the episode together. It's not really like a, I'm not doing anything. I think it's a good opportunity for us to poll our listeners. What format should our live show take? I don't know. You tell us. Knowing us, we would probably do a live viewing thing and then maybe recap after or something. I think that's probably the, the go-to, but I don't know. I don't know. It, like, honestly, it makes me really nervous just thinking about it. Yeah. Because we're really, people might forget sometimes that we're just in our living room. Oh, we'd there. definitely be nervous. But we would do it. Yeah. We just don't know what it would look like. We need encouragement in case that's something you're interested in. <laughs> a lot of positive reinforcement. <laughs> it's okay. You can do we'll a We'll stroke show. your egos. You stroke ours. <laughs> What's something your partner does that instantly calms you? Hugs. Oh, me hugging you? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, when I'm like really freaking out and like going off the rails, you 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 always do that. You come over and you give me a, a hug and, and I'm right away. My first thing is just like, stop hugging me, patronizing me. I don't need this <laughs> hug. I, I can do it. Get and, off me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm literally angry at you for hugging me and then suddenly I'm like oh this is nice you relax into it I actually yeah. know what you're talking about I can feel your body just give in yeah it's, oh I, yeah that's it I didn't know that I'm learning something yeah I mean don't overuse it now it's <laughs> only when necessary you, yeah now you regret telling me because now yeah. I know for me it's definitely the head I mean, rubbing that's, I love it that's rub. your off switch yes like mm -hmm. even when I'm mad at you I'm like yeah <laughs> I won't move my head, though, because it feels good. Isn't that a funny uh, state of being is being angry and feeling pleasure at the same time? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty unique. It's very unique. That's what I think some uh, like S&M fetish. Oh my, oh, my God. You took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say, I bet that's like breakup or hate sex or, yeah, yeah. you know, like makeup sex where you're angry. Basically like hate sex. Yeah. Or like watching someone, you know, have sex with someone you like. Oh, yeah. Like cuckolding. Yeah, cuckolding. Right. Yeah. Pleasure uh, and pain. Watching someone have sex with someone you like. <laughs> cuckolding. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So me getting my head rubbed while I'm mad at you is like being yeah. cuckolded. It's like a poor man's cuckolding. <laughs> what have been your favorite places to travel together? I mean, Kyoto for sure. Kyoto was, I think, possibly the top of your list because it had a bit of city but it had a lot of nature it had so many animals oh it was just such a magical place i think it's safe to say that if we both spoke japanese fluently we'd already be living in kyoto one hunt well and if we managed to get a visa or something but if we spoke japanese fluently it would be much easier to get a visa <laughs> that's true we'd probably like yeah. make it happen for ourselves Definitely. in some way yeah i would live in kyoto in a heartbeat and yeah. i maybe we should make that our lifelong dream 
I think it kind of is, but I but I think with with, with a heavy emphasis on the dream aspect. It's very impractical, yeah, especially at happening. this point in our lives. We're not 21 and like, oh, I'm going to take a gap year yeah. in Japan <laughs> teaching English. Yeah, no, it's not happening. But runners up for me, Maui and uh, Santorini in Greece. Totally agree with those. Obviously, there are many other places we love on yeah. this list, but these are places that I think we were like, Oof, <sighs> took just... our breath away. So that's a good segue to the next question. Will you always live in New York? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think some people might be surprised because you are New York. You yeah. are New York. I am extremely New York, but at the same time, I feel like I was forced to be New York. Like I may have been born a country boy, but now I've been infected with New York. <laughs> You were a country mouse born in the city and born in the best city in the world, not to be all New York. Yeah, I mean, I think it may very well be the best. I, I say may because I'm trying to be, I don't want people coming after me, but I know it's the best city in the world. But that's not the point. I think that New York is amazing. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable in so many ways, but there are many ways which is not amazing. There are many ways in which it feels like oppressive to me. Yeah. Um, it's so crowded. That's my big thing. It's so crowded. It's so fast. There's lines there's everywhere you go. Little, and also it's just, it's, it's fast. It's always fast. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of nature. I like nature. Yeah. And I feel, I kind of feel, you know, I feel like it's like, a, it's a little bit of a disease. Yeah. Like I really do feel like I got bit by a spider and I'm Spider-Man now. <laughs> and that's really cool because I get to, you know, spin webs and fly off of buildings. Wow. Is being a native New Yorker like being a Spider-Man? It is. Wow. Because I love being Spider-Man, but I also really just want to be Peter Parker again. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm going to make your analogy work. Because Spider-Man saves lives, and you may not save lives with your New York ways, but you bring smiles to people's faces with your jokes and analogies, and how nice that is to have that superpower that you definitely have because you're a native New Yorker, but at the same time, it's a burden. Wow, that is really good. Nicely done. Thanks. I see what you mean. Like there's an element of just pressure. There's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of just feeling like you, you have to keep doing things. Yeah. I kind of want to be in an environment where I want to choose to do things at my own pace and enjoy bugs and plants and little animals floating around and bouncing. Bouncing. Whatever animals do. I want more of that. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll live in the country. Yeah. Or, or at least Kyoto. Have the option. Or Kyoto. Yeah. <laughs> or Maui. Okay, so segue then. Does traveling together test your relationship? I have a strong opinion about this. Okay. I think the opposite. I think it proves how strong our relationship is. Oh, in our yeah. One oh yeah. For some reason I read that like in general, does traveling test your relationship? which says how often we do Q&As and I'm not talking about <laughs> us. But I completely agree. Yeah. And actually, I've been in other relationships where traveling together was like an eye opener in a bad way where I was like, oh, yeah, actually, this is now the impetus for us eventually breaking, breaking up. up. Yeah. But in our case, I always feel know, closer to you after we travel. Yeah. And during travel. Yeah. And we're really well matched in that regard. Like, I pull my weight in certain ways with planning and arranging and you with like researching where we're going to go and logistics. We just sort of complement each other well when yeah. it comes to travel. And you prefer going to cities. I prefer going to more, you know, like beautiful places. Mm -hmm. And you make me realize that I do 
occasionally want to see cities. And I think I make you realize that you do occasionally want to see mountains and streams and valleys. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yin right. and yang. Okay. Next question. What were your top three dating deal breakers? Hmm. Ooh, there's so many. I don't know if I can limit it to three. Okay. How about we each think of one at a time? So for me, one of them is just humorlessness, like yeah. the inability to laugh at yourself. That's so important. Whenever someone, if I teased someone or sort of ribbed them or made a joke of sorts about them and they couldn't laugh at themselves. And it's not like I was, you know, it was not scathing the remark I would make. Yeah. If they just got defensive, like it's over. It's over. I cannot live with that. That's number one for me, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Walk on eggshells with any type of humor situation. Yeah. No good. Mm -hmm. I have one. Okay. This is very specific and weird, but I hated people who repeatedly use their own catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) You always notice this about people. It's so funny. You can't do it. First of all, especially if it's one that other people use all the time. Yeah. you, you, you You can say that once a month, maybe, <laughs> but to repeat it several times in one date. Yeah. Oof. Okay. I have one and this is for all people, not just romantic relationships, yeah. but friendships too. When people don't ask questions, of you, course, you yeah. know this about me. This yeah. is one of my biggest social pet peeves. I just cannot stand it. And it does not come from a place of me wanting to talk about myself. It's not. It's just because I think that asking questions is an integral part of carrying a conversation as a human in society. I couldn't agree more. And that would be my third. <laughs> I'm, I'm just still Are you just thunder. piggybacking? Yeah, just my- <laughs> I was hoping that yours would jive with mine. And luckily they did. So I'm safe. That's uh, not surprising, actually, yeah. that we would have the same ones. I think those are kind of universal deal. I'm not sure about the catchphrase one. That might not be universal, but it should be. But but those two, if humor is important to you, just general humor, not like you don't have to be like, you know, Seinfeld. Oh, when someone is just not funny. Yeah, well, just absolutely not funny at all and doesn't laugh at anything you say that's funny. If it's undeniably funny, you're not trying to be funny. It's just a light sort of an aside that's your normal person laughs at and they're just like... <laughs> It's not good. Okay, you're making me think of another one. (laughs) I can really go on about these. (laughs) Another one is when people act like it costs them something to give a compliment or like to laugh at a joke or, you know, they're just so ungenerous socially. Oh, that's a good one. I've got another one, too. (laughs) Argumentative without a cause. Oh, yeah. Just contrarian for the sake of it. Whatever you say. It's like, what a lovely day today. Yeah, but, you know, yesterday was nicer. Yeah, or they'll say no and then say something that agrees with you. Right. But, like, they have to say no. It's like, no, it was They have to always, their way of communicating is just to counter whatever you said, even if they agree with it. Yeah, which brings me to my next one that's occurring to me just now. (laughs) (laughs) Want to just make the whole thing about this? Know-it-alls. People who are just... You know, they're they're like, oh, let me teach you. And they're kind of condescending about it, patronizing, pedantic. Can't yeah. stand that. Yeah. Just you want a general open mindedness. I'm not saying that I'm trying to change your. It's, that's the thing is when they come at it, like, stop trying to change my mind. I'm right. You're wrong. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is. I mean, not many people like that. That's a good one. <laughs> I um, I think we're good. I think we're good. I mean, we have. Oh, yeah. You got more. (laughs) One more. People who don't give the benefit of the doubt. I love that top three deal breakers turned into my general social peeves. But people who don't give the benefit of the doubt, like people who don't assess the entire situation. People who don't make eye contact. Oh, okay. And look, I know some people are uncomfortable with eye contact, but 
I, think, I'm, I mean, I can be uncomfortable being with someone with, without eye contact as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I mean, we're talking about dating, right? I'm not talking about people oh, I just meet in the actually, street. Actually, that's true. That's true. It's my choice. <laughs> It's my choice. It's my taste. <laughs> okay. All right. We got to the bottom of that. I think we should quit while we're ahead. I, I didn't realize dated, they were just going to come spilling out of my mouth I mean, like word vomit. I once dated someone who everything was hella. Everything before everything. I mean, I didn't date them. It was one date. Oh, like, so obviously. <laughs> yeah. And it was hella. And you, you could tell that she was like, oh, here comes a moment where I could say hella. She'd be like, oh, that's hella funny. Yeah. Hella funny. Everything was hella. Hella this. This was a while ago. Oh, that, oh catchphrase. Hella, the, the, yeah, that falls into the catchphrase category. Catchphrase can be one word. Yes. But it's a it's something. It's there's an effort there that's it's repetitive. Yeah. So you gotta mix it up. Don't keep saying the same thing. Oh, I feel sorry for that person. And I feel like that stems from a place of feeling like you don't really have you much to say. You don't have a good say. catchphrase. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was the worst. She doesn't even have a good catchphrase. <laughs> but she still repeats it. Didn't you guys have a cat at one time? I know. I, I thought about not using this one, but I thought we should try to address it once and for it's, all. It's not a topic I like to uh, discuss, but if they must know, and I think they deserve to know. Mm-hmm. The Shandys deserve to they know. They do. Um, we had an unbelievably cute, just absolutely delightful, very, very mischievous, Oh, like to bite. She had so much personality. Yeah. We adopted her at an adoption event, actually. Yeah. And then she came a few weeks later and we were totally obsessed with her. And actually, funny story, we thought we were adopting a male cat. Yeah, her name was, her name was Danny. Yes. But and it became Dan I. <laughs> yeah, the whole litter was named after characters from Greece. Yeah. And we got Danny and then they called us and they were like, so whoever checked the gender of your cat was wrong and it's a female, <laughs> do you still want it? And we were like, yes. And yeah. we were completely obsessed with Danny, she was so cute and so funny. Yeah, but your allergies won out. I couldn't out. take it, and I really pushed it to the end. There was a point where I woke up one night. I was like, I think I'm going to die. Yeah, and I still was like, I can do this. It was brutal. I mean, there's nothing funny about it. No. Like I remember the day when I gave her in the little crate, whatever, back yeah. to the, the. And she was adopted, by the way. Like we let her go when another family. Had, oh, she was. As like, a matter of fact, not only was she adopted by what I think was a lovely family, yeah. but I insisted, and they said this was not this was not protocol. I insisted I get a photo <laughs> of the cat with the new owner. <laughs> And, and they refused me many times and I would not stop. I was like, just one picture. I mean, what's the big deal? Just yeah. give me a picture. Just one picture. Just one picture and I'll stop. And they did send me a picture. Oh, that's so sweet. And it was a delightful picture of, of a very young, she must have been like nine years yeah, old. Yeah, it was a family with a little girl and yeah. the cat. And, and she was holding the cat. Yeah, and, and, and it looked, Danny looked happy, I yeah. guess. And, and I did continue to ask for updated pictures. <laughs> and that's when I eventually got ghosted by, <laughs> by the uh, adoption, adoption agency. agency. Yeah. <laughs> It was affecting me too. I, I don't really have as bad allergies as you, no. but with singing, it's not great to have something that. Yeah, there was no amount of Claritin that could stop what was happening. To yeah, me. it was really rough. It's a real tragedy. Breathe. It's a tragedy that you, with your love of cats, have an allergy to it's, cats. It's. I did something terrible in my past life. It's really awful. Like I want nothing more than to have a cat. Really? What? I guess. I don't, I'm not an ex, I'm not an allergist. We'll put it that way. But if you had been exposed to cats more in your youth, would you most likely not have an allergy? I mean, today? I'd like to think probably it would have helped. Like if I ate, like, you know, peanut allergies, like yeah, you I eat a bunch of say. peanuts when you're two years old, yeah. you probably, I don't know, you, uh, hopefully. No, you sort of you. like, you kind of integrated into their, yeah. their baby food diet or something. Yeah. If I like had like cat hair stuck to my face every day when I was a young child. Uh. 
Anyway. I don't know. I, anyway, uh, so- I don't like to think about it, but the fact is I can't have a cat and it's very upsetting. And we did have a cat. Her name was Danny with an I. And she's gone now, and, and uh, I'm not happy about it. So stop asking. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> it ends here. It brings back sad memories. Yeah, I but, think about her all the time. I actually say oftentimes, and I know you know this, I'll sit here and I'll, and I'll just say, I miss Danny. Yeah. I do say that. He does. And it's been years. Okay, well, that's a good segue. If you could have any animal as a pet, what would it be? I know number one is leopard. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this one. Number two, Arctic Fox. Wow. And number three is a baby elephant that never grows up because that would be <laughs> extremely impractical. <laughs> not that I have anything against adult elephants. They're wonderful. I just couldn't have one in the house. Yeah, it's not practical. No. For me, it would be a baby fox. Okay, so an Arctic fox. Okay. But you can't have, the only baby that stays a baby is the elephant. Everything else has to grow up. Okay, a fox. I'm, t- I'm taking that. I've always thought foxes are just so freaking cute. So are you good with the Arctic fox? Okay. You, are they white? They're all white. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. into that. You, you, but trust me, <laughs> Arctic fox is a good call okay. for you. Final answer, Arctic fox. What's the most annoying thing about having a podcast? <laughs> uh. I think we should divide this into two. Like one is okay. annoying thing and the other is frustrating thing. What's the difference between annoying and frustrating? Well, because for me, there's some things that are like annoying. I'm like, oh, that grinds my gears. And then there's frustrating where it's like. Uh, okay. I know what. You frust- know, like, like it's a little different. Very subtle. But I think frustrating would be scheduling, I think. Okay. Annoying would be the things people take offense at. Okay. For me, I'm more frustrated by the things people take offense at and more annoyed by recording when I'm not in the mood. Oh, I was going to say that as number one, <laughs> but it's too close to home for this episode. <laughs> so basically, this episode is the most annoying thing about the podcast well, is that the, once a year you have to do this. The thing is, I don't consider that annoying. I consider it part of the job. You don't say your job is annoying. You say your job is drudgery or you hate your job. Oh. Or, that the part of the job is that you don't feel up for it. You got to, you got to snap into it. You got to do it. Yeah. So I don't see that as annoying. I see it as just part of the job. And I also see the censorship that we've had to Implement. commit to <laughs> yeah. as part of the job as well. At first I've, I've learned to just stop being so irritated by it and just accept it as again, part of the job. And honestly, I think it's in some ways, maybe I need to censor myself a little bit more in real life. It's Mm. teaching me a little bit. The thing, the thing that bothers me though about that is people have a tendency. And again, this is 99% of the shandies. Like, well, I feel like just close your ears. This is not about you. Well, no. And I feel like most of the shandies watching this episode are not the type of people we're talking about. Absolutely. The people were, this is a safe place. I think there'll be one or two, but (laughs) context there is a, a real lack of understanding of context mm-hmm. these days. I agree. Just because a word is bad mm-hmm. doesn't mean or it's has always become, bad. Or has been, yeah, exactly. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, like fuck is a bad word. But if I say like, you know, fuck, I love tangerines. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, that's not bad. I mean, you do love tan- a good tangerine, a good, a good tan- tart tangerine. The most firm. underrated fruit. Is a good tangerine. Well, the problem, the reason why it's not as popular is because it's not as consistent. It's not consistent. It's usually terrible. Yeah. But yeah. when it's good, it's good. Yeah. Okay. But it has to be really good. I'll be honest. A, a, mo, even an above average tangerine is not that great. 
It wasn't a great example. I, you know, <laughs> maybe nectarine is a better example. That's a more consistently great fruit when it's excellent. Okay. But my point is, is that that's context. Yes. Like I hate puppies <laughs> is something a terrible person says. <laughs> you see? Yeah. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. And for me, it's also the, what I said earlier, like the benefit of the doubt thing. Yeah. And this is now becoming just censorship in general, which, by the way, was another question. Do you find yourself censoring more now? Is it to the point of annoyance? These were two separate oh, questions. Okay, well. So, yeah, we're answering both. When we've been doing this for now two years, yeah. and we say something in a way that is like a little off color or a little inappropriate, or we have a take that you might not agree with that is you perceive to be sexist, ableist, racist, I don't know, any of the ists. I feel this immense frustration because, and I think it maybe is because I feel a a mutual parasocial relationship with our listeners. Like I feel attached to them just as they seem to feel attached to us. Absolutely. So it really hurts my feelings actually when we have two years worth of episodes. We're at over, over 150 episodes. And before that I was writing for around seven years. So when someone is like, oh, I thought you were this way, but now I see you're this way. Can I, can I just because of one thing? I'm like it just drives me crazy. Can I encapsulate what you're saying in a song? If you don't know me by now, then you'll never ever ever know me. <laughs> I don't know what that word is. Is that just a sound or is it a word? Oh, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Who cares? But the point is, is yes. Well, how do you, you know, you have what, 152 episodes now to, yeah. y- how do you think that we're this way? Yeah. Here's the thing is those people are not the kind of people who would listen to this episode, I suppose. But again, it's, it's both context. It's the bigger picture. If we routinely said things that would suggest we are this way, then I totally understand. But it's no. very frustrating for something to be, A, taken out of context and be automatically construed in the worst way. That's what it is. It's yeah. automatically taken and twisted in the worst way possible in this way that's like, gotcha. Yeah. I found you out. You were f- trying to fool all of us, but yeah. now I see yeah, you're a bad person. Yeah, yeah. they're detectives. <laughs> yeah. The worst detectives in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and there was there was some serious gold, I, I will say, some real gold that was cut from some episodes. Oh yeah. And I, I'm sorry to the ones who deserved it, mm-hmm. but it just didn't we have a couple of consultants, <laughs> unpaid yeah. consultants that we use to determine if something we you said know who crosses you are, the line. Our dear friends. We know well, we, they're literally our woke police. Yeah, our woke police. <laughs> and and they they negged like a few of these things. And it's a shame because they were solid. And I'm the death. I don't know. What am I? You're, you're the executioner. I'm the executioner. Yeah. And rightfully so. I just, they deserve to die because they weren't, re- they were too much. Well, no, they, I don't think they were too much. It's just that out of fear of them being construed in that way. We wouldn't sleep well. Yeah. As long as we wouldn't sleep well, they're too much. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking maybe we should have like an OnlyFans. <laughs> All the things I say, which would offend people, are just in one place. Yeah. For money. Well, that's the thing is I feel the majority get it. The majority of our shanties get it. Absolutely. Like they know what we mean. Yeah, the vast majority. 99%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always talking about the fringe. Yeah. The fringe, look, the vocal minority. But they are so vocal. That's the thing. And that's 
there, another question here is what have you learned about yourselves doing the podcast? I wish more than anything, trust me, that I could care less. I, that would be my superpower. If, like, okay, no, I would choose to fly and maybe be invisible yeah, and I'd maybe, be, I, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, teleport. Not like carried away here. Time travel. Right. But yeah. in terms of realistic superpowers, not caring would be one of them. Yeah. Well, that is one of the things about you. If there was a question, what are the pet peeves? And it's not a pet peeve, but it's endearing. Oh, our too. pet peeves about each other. Yeah, it's not. It's not even a pet peeve, but it's endearing. I, it, it makes me like you more because you're you're a gentle, loving, nice person. But you do care. You care too much. I do care too much. And we were getting off topic. Yeah. Any other annoyances or frustrations with the podcast? For me, you you touched on scheduling. I think this is a little more complicated than people might realize you know when when an episode just drops and you start listening sometimes the scrambling that happened to get that episode out on time is embarrassing and it's not really our fault most of the time maybe someone changed things around or uh technical issues the umbrella of technical issues yes extremely frustrating yeah but despite all the issues with it it's always a net positive for me i completely agree there are definitely days where i'm like i I can't do this. And usually, honestly, it's in conjunction with us doing our other jobs because this is not either of our day jobs. Yeah. But But I mean, it's just like, who am I? I'm just like some annoying New Yorker. Like the fact that I have the ability to make tens of thousands of people happy on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. How like, how am I going to complain about that? Yeah. I think I'm making you happy. (laughs) Or she making you happy and I'm just not doing anything. I think you're making I'm them okay happy. I'm okay with that too. You're, you're making them happy and I'm facilitating you making them happy. <laughs> oh, that's selling yourself short. Do you follow the news? How do you deal with all the bad things happening in the world? We do follow the news. Yeah. Well, Andy follows the news and when I'm with him, I also follow the news. But when I'm off on my own for some reason, I'm, that happens less now because yeah. you often travel with me for the podcast. But if I'm gone singing, I don't touch the news. Yeah, no, it's funny. When I when I come to visit you after like not seeing you for two weeks, I'm like, oh, did you hear that aliens landed? And you're like, huh? <laughs> but I totally respect people and actually admire. Well, I don't admire is pushing it, but I, I envy people who mm. just tune the news out. But the news is pretty rough. It's very rough. It, especially I, it gets the to last me. couple years. It really gets me down. It gets me down. But I insist upon being in the know constantly. It's 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 borderline sickness. I, I get to the point where it, I can't take it anymore. It's like too much badness. Mm. And I've turned to chess, online chess. Yes. Yeah. You play a lot of chess as yeah. your stress management. Yeah. It's a world stress. It's different. Like, like micro stress, like work stress or just stress in the house is different. But when it's a world stress, I play chess. And uh, I've gotten quite good at chess in the last couple of years as a result of how horrible the world is. <laughs> it's so dark. I mean, so the world blinding. really is going to shit. There's a lot of things that are going to shit. We actually have begun subscribing to... Nice News. Nice News. This is not sponsored. It's not a, no, it's not sponsored. It's delightful. It's literally called Nice News. Yes. And all it is is nice things. It's and great. we love it. <laughs> it really is great. And they're not stupid stories. It's no. not like, you know, a puppy was found in a well, which is, yeah. by the way, very that, nice. Yeah, that's a very nice now, story. See, out of context. Yeah. Someone see. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's nice and it's global. It's a great... It's it's good. Yeah. It's what the news actually. It's not the news. Is it the news is bad? That's the problem. When I read nice news, I'm like, this isn't the news. 
This is the nice news. You know what it is? It's, it's like the feel nice. good story at the end of the news. Yeah. But all collected. Yeah. We're like, you know, I don't need this. You don't have to make me feel good. I know how bad it is. The problem is, is that humans are just not really good natured. No, they do a lot of bad things. To the, to the planet and to and each to other. to each other, yeah. And to animals. Oh, I mean, especially to animals. Yeah, especially to animals. Okay. All right. Okay, moving on from the news. Yeah. (laughs) On to lighter things. What has been your weirdest fan encounter? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm thinking of two. One is not necessarily weird in the encounter, but weird in the location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Okay. Do you want to start with that one? Sure. This was really recent, actually. Yeah. We were in Switzerland. We were in... Muren, Muren, which is like a very small town it's in the middle of nowhere in the Swiss Alps, you yeah. have to take multiple modes of transportation. And a cable to, car, yeah, and a cable car to reach it. And when we were just taking in the view and wanting to take a photo, this girl turns around. She was like Charlene and Andy, and it was like really <laughs> sweet. But we were so caught off guard because it was, you know, we just felt like we were off the grid. I didn't feel like I was on Earth. Yeah, we were at like like seven or eight thousand feet altitude, and we were in the middle of the mountains. <laughs> that was actually really cool. That was cool. Like that was one of those moments where we're like, wow, we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. When would you ever have thought a podcast was something you could have where you're recognized in the mountains? Yes. Okay, so what's your other one? Well, once in a while, very rare, but like this kind of parasocial entitlement. Yes. It's very strange. Like there was one particular incident where we were at something and and a girl came up to me. Then she asked, do you think Charlene would, you know, hang out with me, get lunch or a coffee? And I was like, have you asked her? Like, <laughs> she's over there. You can go ask her yourself. And she's like, no, I didn't ask her. I just feel a little like, you know, shy. And I was like, um <laughs> my facilitator <laughs> yeah and i was like well what do you would you like me to broker a coffee with a person that i've never met before and she's literally never seen uh and then she got kind of irritated she was like so you're saying that charlene wouldn't have a coffee with me? and then i started i was like abort, abort like, yeah slowly i didn't know what to do yeah i think sometimes people tend to forget you know some people lead with it they're like okay i know a lot about you and i know you don't know yeah. anything about me but this is why, you know, what I'm about to say makes sense or whatever. It's like an opener. But I do think some people, it falls like way in the opposite direction where yeah. it's like, I listen to your voice once or twice a week. Like I hear you in a way that like, I feel like I know you. And then they kind of forget the other piece of the puzzle, which is that we don't know them. Yeah. And that kind of plays out sometimes like, well, you know, with people just sort of expecting. Yeah. Kind it's of very rare though. It is. It's very rare. And, it, and honestly, when it comes down to it, it's, it's flattering. Like it's in the super end, flattering. Like, I'm not, I'm not offended. No, totally. And in that case, actually, to me, the funny part of that example is the dichotomy of her feeling familiar enough with me to expect me to hang out with her like a friend, even, yeah. even though I've never met her, but then paired with her inability to ask me herself. Well, that was the strangest Yeah, part. exactly. Yeah. But it is flattery at the end of the day. And honestly, if she had asked me directly, I probably would have said yes. That's oh, the irony. This is also true. <laughs> The entire concept of fans is a funny one. And I think this was really best summed up with our episode with Josh Peck about parasocial relationships. You know, just it's a weird dynamic that I think some people are more used to than us. Like I've never really, even though because of The Bachelor, I've been recognized for years, but it's not something that comes naturally to me to be like, oh, you you like my work? (laughs) I I don't think it should come naturally to anybody. I, I mean, I agree. 
But I think you probably become desensitized to it after a while if you're really famous, which we are not. Yes, we are not. We, I, every time people come up and tell us they like our podcast, I am delighted. It's just lovely. Oh my God. It honestly makes our day. Yeah. Because it's so nice to meet face to face someone who enjoys like because we're talking to I'm us. talking into a machine I don't know there's no people here yeah I'm talking into nothing and I think our sensibilities our humor our what we talk about the way we talk about things is kind of specific and so when it really speaks to people I know that when I meet that person in real life I'm gonna like them I agree and I and I also feel like even with with all the comments and Instagram and YouTube and all that stuff we get and the iTunes reviews, it's very flattering and nice, but it's all in a machine. Like it's not really humanized yeah. until someone comes up to you and you're like, oh, you see the things I see the way I see them. <laughs> My favorite <laughs> is when they're a commenter, when they're like, oh, I'm so-and-so. I like that this is my handle. Right, right, right. And because we do read our comments, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> they're famous. Yeah. To me, they're famous. Like when I meet someone, like Barry Blonde, for example. Like, we love Barry Blonde. She's good. She's so if sweet. If I met Barry Blonde, I'd feel like I was meeting a celebrity. Yeah, agreed. Okay. And I'd ask her for coffee, weirdly. <laughs> like, so are we getting coffee? You comment a lot. I can't imagine Andy living in San Francisco. Why did he move there? Well, you are correct. You can't imagine it, nor can I. But I moved there. You should talk to the camera. That is the camera. (laughs) The machine. The machine. See, that's what I'm saying. There's no people there. I moved to San Francisco for a girl. And that girl was Margie. That girl was Margie, episode five. So I moved there because, number one, I fell in love with her. And number two, when you fall in love with someone in a new place, the impression of that place is greatly enhanced by said falling in love. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah, by the experience, whether it's yeah. positive or negative. Yeah. So I it just colors the whole city. colors. Yes. Colors. That was the word I was looking for. So I came back to New York and I was like, I'm moving to San Francisco. Done. <laughs> I've always kind of been curious about California. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, just the Cali- sort of a, curious. Is that a word? I don't know. I just said it. It's probably been said before, but that's good. <laughs> I like that. I like that one. Why can't you just give that to me? I'm giving it I'm giving it to you more than I would if you were original with it. Because it's so good that someone must have said that already. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, you twisted that into a compliment and I accept. Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. So <laughs> I moved to California, specifically San Francisco, for the woman that I loved. And I proceeded to uh hate it. <laughs> Wait, did you hate San Francisco or did you hate it because things went downhill with Margie? It was a combination. I started to realize that San Francisco is a lot more um, smoke than fire. Mm. It looks beautiful. And by the way, the the vegetables and fruits, tremendous. Yeah. I remember the food and coffee being really excellent. excellent. Fresh, the best produce. But the vibe and the weather and just the general thing not not no and i felt like there was no cohesive center to the city it was like just very there was no the energy was poor okay and it was a lonely city and it was a windy city and and i used to walk down the streets and i pictured like sort of like cartoonish whistling of wind coming down these side streets where there was no people i lived up on the hill i lived in the highest place in san francisco i lived by coit tower which is literally like is almost as high. I lived within 20 feet of as high as you can get in San Francisco. Okay. And that I sounds like to, a pain. And I worked in the financial district. Okay. 
And I used to have to walk literally up. I, I'm, I mean, at least a thousand feet of elevation to get home every day after at a job I did not like. That sounds awful. It was awful. And then, of course, there was a very bad breakup mm-hmm. and it was El Nino. Oh. It was the rainiest, windiest, coldest, shittiest year, like in the last 40 years in San Francisco. And I lived at the top of the hill and that weather would come right off the bay. And the first thing it would hit was my window. (laughs) I hated San Francisco. (laughs) I hated it. Passionately. I still do. Still do. Still hate it. You know what I like about San Franciscans is that. Everyone knows San Francisco is a great city. It's one of the great. No, it's great it's one city. of the greatest cities. Yeah, you know, it's it's got lots of culture, whoever, yeah. a ton, great food, just not for character. Me. Yep. Uh-huh. But what I like about San Franciscans is that they can make fun of themselves. Yes, you don't meet a San Franciscan who's like, "Don't you dare make fun of San Francisco." No, you're this right. This is the best city on earth. You you're, know, you're right. I can't speak for the new breed, but you're you're absolutely <laughs> right. And I think that it's undeniable that just as a city. San Francisco has an enormous amount to offer. Yes. It's right next to, like you could drive to the, the forest, the ski, mm-hmm. skiing, like it, it's next to everything. It's yeah. a wonderful place, but it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to explain. But no, I will never go back to California. Oh, to ever, live. Ever. Yeah. We've had actually a couple of discussions about that for various, not not that we've ever seriously considered it, but we've had a couple of discussions for career reasons to maybe relocate to California. And we were both like, nope. No. <laughs> nope. I will say this. A native New Yorker has absolutely no business in San Francisco. <laughs> Period. Absolutely cannot be done. Never been done. Never will be done. And most importantly, and I don't know how else to say this, everybody annoyed me in San Francisco. <laughs> it was, Can you be specific? Why? Okay. I, I can't be specific. Like it, it was every, the all shades of annoyance. No matter what I did, I was annoyed. But specifically, if you want to, one overriding theme, uh-huh. wherever I went, I was too angry. Oh. I'm like, calm down. You're too angry. I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm just from New York. I'm just from New York. I'm a baseline New York. This is how I am. Yeah. And everyone had this like high in mind, like, oh, we're so everything. But meanwhile, they're all living off their parents' money, most of these people. <laughs> and, and they're really annoying. Everyone was annoying me. Const- I was annoyed. I woke up. I was annoyed. Day, night, morning, afternoon, always annoyed. You sound like me in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the next one's for me, Charlene. How did you come to be an opera singer? And if you could do anything else, what would it be? Mm, that mm. is a good one. Yeah, it's for me. For you. <laughs> was I, have I did too much talking here? No, I'm no. I'm trying to overcompensate. No, I, you, you know, know I don't what's love funny these. is I've noticed a lot of questions are for you. People want to get to know you. It's really cute. Oh, it's so that sweet. Is cute. They're really curious about you. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, I'll talk for a while then. Take this. Yeah. The, spotlight off you okay so i'll try to give the in a nutshell version because obviously there's a long version to this story but basically i started out singing like an extracurricular activity in my youth 
mm. along with figure very skating. Youth. Yeah, I started at age seven. My first wow. singing lesson was at age seven. Now, did you did you like were you? This is my question, and I don't even think I've gotten a full answer on this. Uh -huh. Was it like one day you saw like a Disney thing and you and you started singing? And you're like, I like singing, or was it like your parents like you're gonna have singing lessons? Was that's the way it is, and you you I, sort of just were good at it? I think my parents in general wanted to make sure we were well rounded and had opportunities, and we were lucky enough to have yeah. parents that felt that way yeah, and the yeah, means yeah. to make it happen. And so they put me in singing lessons because I was harmonizing Disney tunes in the car. Oh, so it did start with you singing. You like Yeah, but singing. it wasn't like, I don't think my voice was necessarily like, oh, wow, her voice is so amazing. It was more that I had the ear to harmonize at that age. I think not many seven-year-olds can harmonize, let alone even sing anything. Yeah. Uh. So in the beginning, I just took singing lessons. It was one of the many things I did. And then as I started to get older, my voice started to develop. I started to do more complicated repertoire. And I started winning local competitions, like little, mm. little things. And at that point, it got a little more serious. You know, we could, yeah. I moved teachers. I went to a more serious voice teacher. Yeah. You know, and it was less about, oh, sing folk songs and more like, like technique. This is going to happen. Yeah. yeah, it was more like, okay, how are you using your voice? And like, what repertoire are you going to do next? That kind of thing. And that was at around age 14, 15. And that teacher actually played a pretty pivotal role in all this because she, when it came time to apply for school, she was like, I don't say this to all my students. Like, you actually have what it takes. She like, was right. I, she was right. And I still have a kind of like bittersweetness about it because part of me knows that I would not have pursued singing as my career without her. Mm. And so it's amazing how just one person can just sort of change the trajectory of your life in that way. But I have such a fear of regret that I was like, oh, I can't not pursue this if I do have indeed what it takes, that kind of thing. You've always had that fear of regret. Yes. It's driven you. Yeah. And so I, from there, applied to schools thinking, okay, if I don't get in, then that's then I know. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting into most of them. I got scholarships and stuff. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. And so then I got two degrees and here I am. It's not that romantic a story, honestly. Most singers I know, or at least some singers I know, are like, I was put on this earth to sing. Yeah. You did not get into singing for the love of singing. If there was a love of anything, it was the love of music. I love the music a lot. But I don't really love a lot of the other facets of being a stage I, performer. I think one of the things you like is tackling near impossible tasks. Uh, and really? I think the podcast is one of them. Uh, I don't know. You are amazing at doing podcasts. And you never knew anything about a podcast before you started it. You just learned. And you're like, I'm not going to be beaten by this. I feel like it's probably come through in some of our answers here and there and when singing does come up, especially the Child Free by Choice episode where you called my singing career a child I had when I was like 17. <laughs> <laughs> That's grown up to be a lovely adult. Yeah, yeah. But it does cause me a lot of grief, I yeah. guess. Like singing is not for the faint of heart. It's not an easy career. It's not easy to make it. Mm -mm. And whenever people are like, oh, do you have advice? I'm tempted to give advice that I was once given at a master class, which is if you can see yourself doing anything else, consider doing it. And I know that's really dark. It's just true. That's actually totally sound advice for a lot of arts. Yes, yeah. totally. You really have to have a real passion for it. And I think my passion for the music alone has brought me this far. And also, I'm afraid of cutting my losses too early, I yeah. guess. Like I've put so much into it at this point that how could I quit now? But there are also moments and they're very fleeting, too far 
and few between, too few and far between. But when I'm really happy with how I sang, it's like a high, I can't describe. You're not going to get that in a nine to five office job. I promise you. No. When I performed to the best of my ability and I know exactly how it happened, it was not an accident. It was sheer skill and like I, my brain was working the whole time to make it happen the way I intended it to. It's like, I feel like uh, Mickey Mouse in, what's that movie where he's like the magician? Oh, Fantasia. Yes. Uh, that's the f- first and only time I'll ever out Disney you in my life. <laughs> so I'm going to savor this moment. I feel like Mickey. Of course, it's fin- because Fantasia is from like 800 years ago. <laughs> From like the steam age. Great soundtrack in Fantasia, Amazing. by the way. Amazing. That's when, I mean, not to sound like 100 years old, but that's when cartoons were cartoons. That's oh. when Disney didn't play games. Oh, yeah. That was like the Bambis, the Fantasias. <laughs> yeah. And Fantasia's out there. Yes. That's not like any seven-year-old watching Fantasia isn't like the whole time like, yay. They're just <laughs> no, like, sometimes they're like, like yeah, they're Mommy. crying. They're they're yelling. Anyway, that's the only way I can describe it. It is euphoric when you get it right. It's just impossible to feel that way all of the time. But isn't that the way? And I look. I there's nothing I take more joy in than watching you take joy in singing because I I always feel like I'm like wow this opportunity I can't believe you get the opportunity to do this. Yeah, this you really love my. It's so sweet. You really love it and appreciate yeah. what I do. But I will say this, every job in the end becomes fleeting moments of joy. You're lucky if you have any joy. There Mm -hmm. are some jobs where there's nothing. Even the jobs where people do feel joy, it's fleeting. There's moments. And the rest of it is just often just drudgery and daily life. Mm -hmm. And I do think singing is like that too. And and the, the highs can be a lot higher than other fields you could be in. I agree. And the lows, they're low. But they're not, I don't think, like, I know, I know how much worse it can be. We'll put it that way. Like, at the end of the day, I'm extremely grateful that I get paid to sing for a living. Like, that's pretty fucking cool. I think at the heart of it, at the end of the day, if I'm going to close this, I've been talking about this way longer than I intended to, it doesn't suit my personality. That's kind of at the heart of it, is that I am very introverted and people make assumptions about me and my personality when they hear I'm an opera singer because they're like, oh, well, you get up on a stage. And actually, that's the very thing that doesn't suit me. And it's not even that I have performance anxiety. It's not so much that. It's that I m- prefer the the podcasty kind of like sitting at a computer and like finessing things. I, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually more of an aesthetics person. So it doesn't really fit me exactly, but I'm pretty damn lucky. I think you do best in discomfort. You're a real fighter. Like you just, you make things hard look easy. Oh, that's so sweet. And I honestly, to be like, I think of you sometimes as Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> and and I, that's, that's probably not the right way to open this analogy. But I feel like I would love to see the ghost of Christmas past come and visit you and show you what your life would have been like at a nine to five office job. Mm. And then you wake up in a sweat like, I love singing. (laughs) Don't ever do that again. There's probably some truth in that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I mean, I've done it and I can tell you that uh, singing's better. I also, just because I'm I'm used to this from the podcast, I realize I screwed something up. What? It's not the ghost of Christmas past. It's the ghost of Christmas future that would be visiting you. A ghost of Christmas future in an alternate reality? Yeah, exactly. Well, so that's, that's very specific. If you had a nine to five career. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, but your past is your past. The ghost yeah. of Christmas past doesn't show you a different past. Okay. I completely screwed that up. Okay. And I, everyone would come after me, but you can't now, suckers. <laughs> Got it in the nick of time. Okay, quickly, what else would I do? And I think you should also say what else you would do. Sure. 
because I don't think that would give away what you do. <laughs> They're like, well, we found something he's not doing. The process of elimination. <laughs> yeah, we now have only 78 million other jobs that he could do. Okay, I would definitely... I mean, my lifelong dream, and it was the thing I did when I was a little girl, I would sketch outfits. It sounds so cliche, but I've always wanted to be a fashion designer, and I'll probably never do it. And you would have been one of the greats. I have no doubt. (sighs) Okay, you go. I could get into that for a long time, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, Veterinarian or uh, possibly architect. But You'd be so good at both. But, okay, there's an argument to be made, though, that being a vet is actually difficult if you really love animals. I mean, of course they love animals, but you end up sort of euthanizing a lot of them. Architect. <laughs> I, all I'll say is that- I didn't when think I t- of that. I didn't think that through. Yeah. When I talked to my sister, who's a doctor, she was like, well, you know. God, you know, I didn't think that through. Yeah. I couldn't do that. It would be hard. So I feel relieved now that I didn't become a veterinarian. Architect I, it is. Architect. <laughs> okay. Next question. What are your favorite quirks about each other? I mean, your whole, the reason I married you is all quirks. It's like a collection of a hundred quirks. I'm basically one giant quirk. You are. You really are. And that's sweet. Thank you. Oh, Well, because yeah. I grew up feeling very self-conscious about it and want, I wished I was more normal, more cool. No, <laughs> Like no. most little girls, you know. Thank God. Okay, I, I'm going to, there's a million, but I'll think of, uh, okay, so curling up in a ball on a plane or anywhere to fall asleep. It's amazing. You're it's always like a, amazed at my 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 whole like. Yeah, do it. Let's see. Just do well, it so I, I can see. It's just very comfortable to do this. I can't do that. I can't even get in the position, let alone fall asleep in it. Anyway, it's very cute and quirky, and you just like you're like it's like an armadillo. You just like roll up and you go into your sleeping position in this tiny crammed area, and it's very cute. You love dessert, and you're really like very prim and proper and like dignified all the time, except. You love chocolate so much. Every other day or so, I see you and you've got chocolate on your face. (laughs) (laughs) I love chocolate. (laughs) I mean, it's the cutest thing in the world. Anyway, so then I could keep going. So you love feeling things. I do. You love. I love the tech, like the texture of things. When I go shopping, I touch everything. She touches everything in the store. Like if she had like salmonella on her fingers, everyone (laughs) in the store would say everyone's vomiting. But she, I like anything I show her, I show her anything, I show her a plant, an animal, a, a th- anything. I oh, say, another oh, look thing at I this. love touching is leaves and petals. Leaves, yeah. especially thick leaves, hairy leaves. <laughs> and you touch it with a very serious expression. It's very serious. You're just like. I'm taking it in. But it's very cute. Everything I show you, you touch Aww. and you stroke. It's very cute. Oh, I mean, I have some for you too. I have another one. Oh, okay, go. I mean, I feel so seen right now. The walking. You walk with the <laughs> widest arm swing of any human being I've ever seen in my life. I have places to go. It's it's literally a full. It's like almost. It's almost a one eighty on both <laughs> arms. It's almost like you're like 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 some sort of like robot gone haywire. It's amazing, and and the more excited you are about a destination, the wider the swing. It's the cutest thing in the world. Oh. Husband. Yeah. Like when you're angry at me, your arms aren't swinging. You're just walking. Oh, that's you're walking true. with like a, just a normal arm swing. That's true. Yeah. When, when we're getting somewhere, like if there's a restaurant where I'm like, oh, we should eat at this place. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> oh, thank you. I yeah. think. Okay. Uh, I mean, I have so many. Fr- <laughs> you're like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Quirks, please. I have 
somebody for you. You, I love. I mean, just now, like, like your example with San Francisco about how people annoy you and like they're, they're like calm down. Like, I love how worked up you get about stuff. You have mm. such passion about things that you care about, and it could be something so mild. But it's something that elicits a reaction from you. Nothing is not worth your time to get worked up about if you care about it. Oh. And I love that. Oh, Combined yeah. with the fact that you're so expressive. It doesn't cost you anything. We talked earlier about peeves and deal breakers. It doesn't cost you anything to say how you feel, to laugh at a joke, to smile like wide when you find something funny or cute or whatever. And you just show it like your face is just so like a bright light that shows Aww. how you're feeling all the time. And it, it's not, even even when it's bad, like when you're sad, you're just like so it's so easy to tell. You're just an open book. I love that. Aww. Want me to keep going? Next. <laughs> I, I believe you have three more quirks. <laughs> Unless I, am, I find you quirkier than you find me. You know, you talked in a Q&A once about your id and how you don't like to show to the outside world what you are or yeah. to quote an episode of The Bachelorette. Jason's father said some people wear their logo or their brand on the outside. Oh, yeah. I love how you don't give a shit about styling your hair, wearing the coolest clothes, which I think takes innate and immense confidence to be able to do. Because when you think about why most people do these things or dress up these ways, a lot of it is some form of peacocking or like I know in my case, because I'm certainly one of those people, it's my armor. I feel like I'm better equipped to handle social situations and to just take on the world and to be understood and perceived in a way I, I want to be if I wear the right outfit and do my hair the right way or whatever. But the fact that you have the ability to just walk out in the street with just like a just white V-neck. Look no- like I, I have no job. Or- <laughs> anyway, I don't know if that's really a quirk, but I mean, I think it's a quirk. Like everyone notices you don't oh, wear anything Oh, it's definitely else. a quirk yeah. to wear a white V-neck 95% of the days of your life. It's that's a quirk, but I see quirk. this. I see what makes that possible. And it's not laziness. I mean, maybe a little bit. But it mostly comes from a place of knowing knowing what you have beneath that. I appreciate that you see that. Want Thank me to keep you. going? You're like, I'm I mean, both. you have at least two more. <laughs> if you want to win, you have three more. <laughs> okay, next. I love your love of all things natural, nature, animals. You find such pleasure and fascination in the smallest most simplest things. And I think if the world were just a bunch of Andes, it would just be such a magical, harmonious place because it it wouldn't be full of dum-dums either. You know, like every, you're clearly very intelligent and you are fascinated by the workings of a bumblebee. In general, you do have a childlike wonder to you that is super rare. I think most people think they're too cool. It's actually a shame. I think this podcast is the closest anyone's ever going to come to seeing that side of you, like when you break into song. But you're just like you're composing on the spot. You're dancing, boxing, totally naked. And like (laughs) you're just like the things you do. Mm. It's like you're a a kid. And I'm never bored. Okay, I can definitely come up with another one. Okay, but but I don't want you to win. So let's let's just call it a tie. Okay, so if this were the newlyweds game, we're coming to a draw. Yeah, it's better. Better for us. (laughs) Okay. But I really can go on, just so you know. It seemed like you reached your max. (laughs) Okay, next question. Could we hear your thoughts on your age difference? (sighs) You know, it's funny how often this comes up. I don't know why everyone cares so much. People are fascinated about it. They really are. And I don't even think our age difference is that 
crazy. No, it's not a crazy one. I mean, every celebrity has a bigger one. Yeah. But I will like say way this. bigger. I'll say this. I, I wish that we had less of an age uh, Yeah. Gap. But when you find the one, you find the one, you don't ask questions. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, not to be morbid, but the only thing about our age difference that bums me out is that, uh, you know, I might uh, die before you. Yeah. We've talked about that in a few Q&As regarding age-related questions. That's really the main one. But I kind of want to talk about this in general. Like, I find it fascinating how focused people are on that and the assumptions that are made because of it. Yeah, all the assumptions they make about this is wrong, by yeah. the way. It's not, really... she didn't marry me for my money. <laughs> <laughs> not to say I'm not fabulously wealthy. You really learn a lot about human nature, I guess, when you go on a reality show, get a hundred and whatever thousand Instagram followers, and then start dating someone who's more than a decade older than you. Yeah. Because the comments that I've gotten over the years are really upsetting yeah. and range from... Ew, is that your dad? To, oh, he must be rich. To, that's the most common, yeah. Yeah. And I think that actually is one of the joys of having a podcast is getting to show who you are and no one questions it anymore. But it is sort of a shame that that's what it took. Yeah, it took a podcast. This is a spite podcast. But that's not to say we don't still get remarks. Like, we'll still get comments on a YouTube video that's not even about our relationship where someone's like, oh, this age difference, ew, about us. And I'm just like, do you think we can't see that? Also, do you not think that we wish we were a couple years closer? It is what it is. Like, It's, it's not, not ew. It's not an ew age difference also. Yeah, And I'm not I don't just saying so. that because it's my, our, my thing. It's yeah. not ooh. Like if I like when I met you when met, I was almost thirty. Yeah, if you were sixteen when we met, yes. Yeah. Fully ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but you weren't. You were a full grown woman. Yeah. Fully womanized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with a lot of dating under my belt. A lot it's not of dating. like I you were the first person I met and I didn't know any better. Yeah. Anyway. I find it interesting how focused people are on that. Yeah. And I guess one of the reasons I chose this question is because I wanted to talk about it. Like, I think people should sort of uh, reconsider how they think about that yeah. in, in all directions. I don't mean only when the man is older. Why is it something that people are thinking about? Yeah, people are very focused on other people's ages and their If it's like 25 years, fine. You're like how I'm now I'm judging people with a 25 <laughs> year difference. Like, oh, those people are disgusting. For me, it always comes down to the late stages of life. It, it also depends on when you meet. Once you hit a certain age, you're all adults. Everyone's an adult. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It's amazing how much judgment you get. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. You do. But you then you just have to start a spite podcast. <laughs> what are your thoughts on aliens, ghosts, and the supernatural? <laughs> ah, nice concise answer here. <laughs> um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Aliens. In our galaxy, there are about two or three hundred billion stars. Each one of those stars has probably, a, I don't know, I, I really don't know, but an average, let's say six planets, six or seven planets. And there are probably two or three or 400 billion galaxies in, in the universe. So two or three hundred, four hundred billion times 300 billion times six or seven, obviously a number that's incomprehensible. The odds of there not being life everywhere yeah a life of, of any kind of any kind yeah is infinitely small mm. it's almost impossible so that being said i believe that there are aliens everywhere mm. not necessarily near us 
but not, even, not necessarily how we envision them to be. No, not even how we envision them to be like completely insane, like stuff that you just, your head would spin. That being said, I also think there are probably planets somewhere with literal, like very similar to us people. I honestly believe it's almost impossible that there aren't planets somewhere in this universe where someone's watching bad television <laughs> because there's a near infinite number of planets in the universe. It's just math. So that being said, I do not believe that any of these alien civilizations ever can get to the point where they can master travel at the speed which would you, you would have to go to reach yeah. another life-bearing planet. Wait, is that because for them to become intelligent enough to do that, they would first destroy themselves the way we are? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Correct. <laughs> Many people ask, why haven't we been visited by alien life? I mean, there are some people who think we have, but they're wrong. But let's just say that because in my opinion, if aliens came to visit, they would not be, they would not be friendly. Oh, really? It would not be a good visit. I mean, if we went to another planet, we'd be friendly. Uh, you can't say that because we are not even close <laughs> to being able to go to another planet. If we evolve to the point where we're going to another planet, first of all, that takes an enormous amount of energy and resources. We're going there to take all their shit. That's what's happening. We're not going there. We're, we're going to see if we can live there instead after we destroy this one. Yeah, we're going to like harvest their bodies for, for some fuel or something. It's not going to be nice. We're not going there to do it like I have a petting I mean, zoo. Where <laughs> so I don't believe that aliens coming here is a good thing, but they haven't come. And the reason they haven't come is because we cannot travel to the places. Like even if life is teeming in the universe, it's mm. everywhere. The distance you'd have to travel to get to the nearest life would take us like with our current technology, like a million years. Mm. It's impossible. And that's not, that's close. That's like a few hundred light years away. Yeah. Our galaxy alone is a hundred thousand light years. So the aliens that even get close to the ability to travel near the speed of light, which I don't believe any, any living thing in the universe is ever going to or has gotten to, because we'd have seen them probably by now, they destroy themselves. Mm. Any, any organism that's, has the ability to technologically advance at that rate is so will eventually destroy themselves. Yeah. It's just, I, th I think it's almost mathematical. Well, it's an interesting discussion on intelligence and the curiosity it takes to create technology like that. Like the yeah. combination of intelligence and curiosity and I think some degree of ego because you kind of need all three yeah. I think, to create something that will take you to other planets. Absolutely. It's not just intelligence and curiosity. A lot of our amazing technological advances stem in some form from ego. Absolutely. You know what's lived for close to half a billion years and has never been interested at all in technological advancement? Mosquitoes. Ferns. <laughs> and ferns will be here thriving long after we're gone. Yeah. Anyway, the ego point to say that I think that you must have some degree of ego to, yeah. to reach that. And then you and end aggression. Up, yeah. Like if I'm sitting, think about the first humans. They were sitting like, you know, a beautiful jungle with fruits and streams and animals and Paradise. bunnies and occasionally tigers that would eat them. But that's not theirs. <laughs> and it was delightful. They had each other. They had their little family unit. They make fires. They bang drums. It was delightful. Who thought, oh, I want to build a skyscraper. I want to build a a, a plane. I know. Someone just enjoy. with an ego. Someone with ego. Someone with aggression. Someone's like, I want to do something that's going to get me over there. And when I get there, I'm going to take it all. Yeah. I want to be powerful. Power. Okay. Do you want to talk okay, about so that's ghosts? Aliens. 
That being said, I, I, I mean, I would die to see what's going on out there, but I never will. It's, a, it's one of the great frustrations and sadnesses of my life is that I know that we will never get to the point where we see life. You'll never on come planet. close. Never even close. We're a million years away, and we'll, I think we maybe have 100 years left. Okay, so, next. That being said, ghosts don't exist. But <laughs> that being said, I think... You're going to get people chiming in to say they do, okay, and fine. they're going to be offended. All right, they, go, they exist. Who cares? Even if they exist, who cares? Who really cares? Even if they exist, which they don't, who cares? What do they do? What do they do? What are ghosts doing? Are there ghosts here? They're making us feel like we haven't lost our loved ones forever. So what are they doing exactly? They're like making things happen where I learn lessons? No, they're just making you feel comforted that you're not fully alone. How? Well, how do I know? You're just your awareness of, of their presence. But the, but I've never, a ghost has never come visited me. Well, maybe I've, it's because you don't believe in them. <laughs> but I would believe them if they came to visit me. <laughs> I mean, that becomes a talk about God now. It's like, well, no, it's not about God. If a ghost visited me, I would believe the hell in ghosts. (laughs) Trust me. I would probably never leave the house again. Maybe. And you know, people believe in ghosts and they all have a story. So there you go. Okay, fine. Let's just, who cares? Okay, move on from ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. My point is, is that humans are already supernatural. They are supernatural. We are literally a bag of meat. Walking around like doing podcasts. It's amazing. How insane is that? What do we need ghosts for? We're ghosts. We're <laughs> supernatural. It's insanity what's going on with humans. Yeah. It's beyond, even ghosts are like, all right, this is, we don't have what these guys have. Let's get out of here. <laughs> we have ghosts, I'm assuming, are from like old times. They don't have <laughs> They're podcasts. They're in like Victorian yeah. dresses. Yeah. <laughs> ghosts come along, they're like, woo, like I got a podcast. You're, this is old. I don't, go, go do your ghosting somewhere else. But uh, yeah, so that's how I feel about those. Okay, things. and the last was supernatural. I feel like you covered that. Oh, we're oh, the end was we are supernatural. We are super, but I do believe that there are things. Just to be, I'm not a total cynic. No, you're actually. I I'm think not. when it comes to galaxies and universes, oh, no, you're not I, a cynic at all. I think strongly that there are things so beyond our comprehension, like existence, like. Why does anything exist is mm. a very good question. Yeah. It really should be the only question we should be working on. Why does anything exist? Not just why does this exist yeah. or how did the universe why start? Why do I exist? Why yeah. do I, I exist? Why does, why does, why does anything exist? Why does an atom exist? What happened? Why? <laughs> Where did that come from? Why? Well, it was a perfectly good nothing. By and the then way, there was stuff. By the way, you're demonstrating one of your quirks right now. Oh, a lot of hand motions. I know. I love this. You get so worked up. It's so I'm sweet. I'm very worked up about this. I yeah. mean, this is, a, this, you shouldn't have asked me this question. This no, is the whole No, I podcast. love this question. But I think there are forces that are at work. Which if we were told, if someone came down, I was like, okay, I'm going to tell you the supernatural stuff and here it is. We would just be like, <laughs> uh-huh. but I think it's like ants. It's like, you see, you ever walk by, you see ants like doing their thing and they're like going in the hole and, yeah. and they're bringing Oh, we're the leaves. ants. Oh, we're totally the ants. By the way, I could watch a stream of ants going to a hole doing their like scavenging for- Hours. I know. I've seen I could seen fall it. asleep watching them. Yeah. You look at them and they're really not paying attention to you. You notice that? Like, like you're walking around. They sometimes get stepped on. They're like, that's just part of life. Like, they, oh, they're we, very uninterested. They're in uninterested. Because it's like they can't. They can't comprehend. They can't comprehend humans or technology or boats or cars driving. It's all just, they're like, we don't have the ability or the time or the resources to think about this stuff or to understand it. We just pick up leaves. We put it in the hole. We dig a hole. We make the babies. We get the babies leaves and that's it. That's what we do. 
So if I explain to an aunt, I'm like, listen, there's this thing called a podcast. And before the podcast, <laughs> I kind of actually explained to you the internet, which is what made podcasts possible. Before the internet, I kind of actually explained electricity, which kind of powers the internet. And then before that, I kind of have to explain mathematics. Yeah, the ant would be like, I got a leaf here. I got to get this leaf to the hole. Stop talking. But my point being is that we are to the end as whatever we don't understand is to us. Mm. And I strongly believe that the us of knowledge exists out there. We will never understand it. We don't have the tools to begin to understand it. Mm. And it is in the most literal sense, supernatural. Oh. <laughs> Slow clap worthy? I'm not sure, but I'll take it. I'll it's take so it. fast. It's so fast. I'll take it. Thank you. I, I just... Yeah, I right. I concur. <laughs> so so what's your what's your take? I don't have an opinion. <laughs> well, That's I so I, delightful. I think I'm more accepting and this shows the difference in our personalities. I'm more accepting of what's beyond my reach. That's a healthy way to look at it. I'm not kept awake at night over things like that and yeah. I love how much it haunts you. And I've learned lucky. a lot from you. You just to. have such a thirst for knowledge. I mean, it reminds me of the movie Ants with Woody Allen and, and Sylvester Stallone. Uh-huh. Bring it back to Ants, which are amazing, by the <laughs> way. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, really? I don't remember. I think she was in it. Anyway, the point is... <laughs> She's in a lot of stuff. Or is it Rachel Weisz? I don't know. Who's in, a, who's in an ant movie? Scarlett it's, Johansson, it's, probably. Scarlett Johansson seems like an ant movie kind of person. <laughs> But but the, Woody Allen was the ant. He was like questioning. He's like, what is what's the point of any of this? Like, yeah. why are we doing this? And everyone's like, shut up, just be an ant. What are you talking about? Who cares? Yeah. But the fact is, there's nothing wrong with just being an ant and not thinking about this stuff. It's a good path of least resistance, and I envy you. But you will still be mercilessly oppressed by my opinions on things <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> I like it. You give me a lot to think about. Yeah. Okay, Andy. I think that's a wrap. Oof, I'm, you know, it's one of those episodes where I can tell you that this is not smelling good here. <laughs> that's a sign. It's a but, sign of a, of a heavy episode. But you eased into it as we got going. I eased in. I need to get more comfortable with this. I'm proud Especially of you. for our live show. <laughs> coming to you in October. No, I don't know when it's coming. Yeah. I, I mean, that would be a dream in a way. It would be so cool. It would be cool to meet everyone. I would rather just have a live meeting. Well, yeah. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, I would rather just get to stand there and like yeah, hang out with like, everyone. Everyone just like, like <laughs> tell me how great I am. <laughs> like, next. <laughs> like a receiving line. <laughs> yeah. What do you enjoy about the podcast? <laughs> Specifically me. Yeah, that would be pretty shitty. No, it would be cool to meet people. That's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. One of the main reasons we do this is to connect with people. It would just be to meet people. Yeah. And my biggest fear about the live show is not that you know, it wouldn't be a good show. It was that I would somehow disappoint the people that I really care about. Well, actually, that's a big fear in general, yeah. not to go off on another tangent. But one of the big fears of meeting people who are Shandies yeah. is disappointing them. That's yeah. a, a huge fear for me in general. Yeah, I've almost never met and I'm not comparing myself to a big celebrity, but I'm saying I've almost never met a celebrity where I was like that. He made that lived I up. like him more yeah. or her more than I did before I met. Yeah. Them. Okay, we have to wrap, but first, a quick word to tell our Shandies, you guys, just how much we adore you. And it goes without saying that we would not be doing this without <laughs> the Shandies. I mean, Hell that, that, no. That, I, it, look, it's a given. Obviously, if we were doing this without anyone yeah, watching, it would be yeah, insane. Yeah, we would have but that, quit after episode that's one. obviously not the point I'm making. We don't see 
you guys as a group of like, you know, we're advertising to this group no. of people. It's not like that at all. We see you as a group that really sees us and it makes us feel so good. Every time we put on an episode, we're like, all these shanties, they're going to get this. Yes. And they do. And you get it every time. Yeah. It's a great gift. I don't even know how to. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know how to thank them. I guess we thank them by continuing to do these podcasts. <laughs> and you thanked them, especially by doing this episode that you did not want to do. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you. And that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram and TikTok, leave us Apple and Spotify podcast ratings and reviews, and generally do all the things that you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. And if you're listening to this episode in particular, I think you enjoyed your Shandy. So leave us a damn review. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye.